1: Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lettaham.
2: Well, believe it or not, we're, we're, we're into June, and um, I was at a writing session last week, and um, we were saying, you know, it's about time to start writing a Christmas song. And you know like, what? In, you know, here we are in May. And uh, it, you, well, that's about the time that you start thinking about writing for the Christmas season. Gives you a little time to get that song written, get it recorded, get it out there. Right. So, on our next appointment, we're going to try to write a Christmas song. You can't have enough Christmas songs, right? That's right. Mark Allen Barnett is back with us. Mark, how you doing?
3: I'm doing great, Dave. Thank and, you for having us. I appreciate it.
2: And you bought the brought the most specialist of guests. There you go. I'm going <laughs> to let you introduce him.
3: Okay. Okay. This guy. There's a reason why I'm talking Christmas. <laughs> it's it's I have been. A I've been playing this guy's music since I was a little bitty kid. <laughs> and he's just been a great inspiration. It is Randy Brooks who wrote, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Oh, you made one
4: mistake and it follows you <laughs> it's <already>. everywhere. It's <laughs> everywhere.
3: Uh, Randy's from Dallas, but we came in last night to do a benefit for uh, one of our friends, Gerald Smith. Gerald and Smith. and yeah. I told you uh, last week, and, and it just kind of all came together, so why not come get him on a podcast? So why not? I heard you say. It was something to the effect that, uh, as far
2: as songwriters go, I'm kind of like the G- B- Wilkes Booth. Songwriter. <laughs> what do like, how you, know, what you mean by that? I mean, Booth was apparently quite an accomplished actor. You know, yeah. good-looking
4: look, good guy, oh, yeah. smart guy. He was
3: the Johnny Depp of his day. He was. He, he was. was yes. but
4: people only think of one, <laughs> one and mistake. And
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, right. One thing. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. I always, I always go. What if you were a guy? You know, imagine your your name, and and you're an older guy, and and your name is Charles Manson. Yeah, I know. You know right? Somebody comes in and destroys your whole family's name.
2: I'd be changing my name. So there's yeah. no conspiracy theory. You were the solo writer on Grandma. <laughs> Got run over
4: by a reindeer, right? It was, was as as far as, as far as anyone knows.
3: Well, you said you had co-writers on this? You had a co-writer? What? Oh, that's true. Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> <laughs> I never wrote with Johnny, but he's
2: brilliant. Oh, no, he has a he had a big influence. On <laughs> and you know what, Randy? I, I was reading through your bio, and this just I, it's eye popping. So I, I just had to. It says here. That to date you have sold over, is this correct? I mean, 30? 30, 30 records worldwide? Yes. 30? Well, <laughs> I think maybe up to 33 now. I haven't updated the bio. 33? Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Imagine the streams on that. Imagine yeah, that kind of money right That's right. Coming, coming in. in, baby. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's, let's talk right away. I, I, let's just talk about it. You, you've got a song. Um, I mean, I don't know what to compare it to, but but you got to grandma got ran over by a reindeer. I started playing that in the eighties when I worked at uh, Wobl uh, just out as, uh, outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and I remember coming in, crossing my desk, and we giving it a spin, and it was like people immediately loved it or, or immediately hated, it. hated yeah. it. There was no in between. Stop playing that record. So, but you know what? We got so many requests for it, and the next year after that, yeah. same thing. Yep. It, so it made it to number one a few times, didn't it, Randy? On the well, on the Billboard Holiday Chart, it definitely did. Oh wow, yeah, it's still going strong today, right around the holidays. Yeah, year? I mean it, it's. I never hear it played on the radio. It gets played somewhere, um,
4: but there's there's so much sync. Oh yeah, use of it now: movies and TVs and toys and. Hallmark ornaments and hot chocolate mixes and Dolly and- did
3: it on the Jimmy Fallon. Was it Jimmy? Yeah, she did. It, it,
4: it, Dolly and Jimmy did it together yeah. a couple of years ago. So it it's
2: wow. it's out there. It yeah it yeah. It, uh, it keeps on giving you. It's it. self sustaining. <laughs> How about that?
3: My That's favorite that. tie-in on that of you is you years before you had talked to Dolly. You you know that when you talked to Dolly and asked for advice, do you remember that?
4: Well, I, was, I went to Vanderbilt. And it wasn't until my senior year. I was a disc jockey in the radio station. I was going to ask you. She's got
2: a tremendous voice.
4: Oh, I yeah. loved. Yeah, I loved the rock and roll music of the '60s. You know, mm-hmm. I was so excited to be at the radio station. I could order albums and say they were for the station and get them for myself for a <laughs> buck and a quarter. It was great. Wow. But uh, my senior year, I started getting burned out on rock music. I mean, the the Beatles were falling apart, and what they were putting out was pretty. Pretty crappy at that time, you know the ballad of John and Yoko and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and uh, heavy rock was coming in. Led Zeppelin was coming in stuff like that, which just I I was into the melodic yeah. stuff, and that wasn't it. And it was, but it was before Crosby, Sills, and Nash and people like that. And the Eagles came along. So I one night I'm flipping the dial at my apartment over on Hayes Street, and and I come upon Ralph Emery all-night show interviewing Merle Haggard live in the studio Mm. and playing Merle Haggard's songs, his hits up to that time. And I thought, this guy's guy's clever. He's fun. I enjoy this. And so I started listening to more country music, which I had grown up thinking of as hillbilly music. Nobody listened to country music in my And you grew up in Louisville, right? In Louisville, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought, but I got to thinking, I think anybody could write this. You know, especially the album cuts. I think anybody could write these. Well, that's mm. what that's what I know. That's with you. <laughs> so, so I I wrote a few, you know, and I had to put them down on, I had a tape recorder and put them down. And I started going around to the, uh, the tapings because the, all the syndicated shows were being taped here in town back then. Mm-hmm. And asking people for advice on how to get songs to publishers and get them on record, that kind of thing. And the advice that I would get would be, how to write you know the discipline of writing or something like that Tom T. Hall told me you have to sit down at a desk every day for eight hours a day oh boy. you know and and I thought well good because I don't want to write Harper Valley BTA so, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to sit at a desk but Dolly I, I grabbed her on a on a break from filming at the Porter Wagner show and asked her for advice and she was all, you know she was, all, she was 23 years old probably well, and she already had all these songs yeah. that had been recorded and stuff and all she said was, honey, if it's what you love a doing, you just keep on doing it. And I just know one day something good's going to happen for you. And, Great advice. And now she sang the song on, on TV, and I would love to
2: be able to, to <laughs> tell her, you know. Wait a minute. I'm still trying to get over. Dolly called you honey. Yeah. I mean, okay. oh, well, she call, or darling. Darling. But, uh, but, she, but she
4: calls everybody that. That's sure. right.
2: <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. Barbara Mandrill kissed me on this cheek right here. Uh, I didn't wash it for a long time. Now I do.
4: <laughs> my brother showed up to do some some work with her. He, music production and that kind of thing. Showed up at her house and she was out watering the lawn in a bikini. He said that was a <laughs>
2: that was a marvelous day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it would have been heart attack city. Oh man, <laughs> amazing. So, um, what was your first uh, success as a songwriter? It wasn't grandma, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, well, then we yeah, got to hear I mean, this. Story, well, right? well, that, it, it depends
4: it? on how you define success. I mean, I, I I was writing songs and and playing them in clubs in Dallas and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. people people complimented me and enjoyed the songs, and I got good laughs because they were mostly novelty songs. But as far as recorded, I I never dreamed of having a song recorded. You really? Know? After I after I left Nashville in college and had a few publishers saying. I don't believe I heard anything we could use. (laughs) I thought, (laughs) well, that's gonna be be the answer for the rest of my life, you
2: know. So you left Nashville and you went to to Dallas? Uh.
4: I did, I got a, uh, I I just walked into a summer job. Mm -hmm. A a friend had me go home with him um, junior year for spring break, stay with his family. And he, his family got, they borrowed a guitar from a music store downtown so that I could play music for his mother while she cooked dinner. Oh and his girlfriend that he was dating at the time came over and she heard me and she said, "You know, I'm going to be working this summer at a new dinner theater that's opening up here in town and they're going to have a bunch of waiters that are going to do a Christy Minstrel type of show before before the play and I think you'd be good for that." Hmm. So I auditioned. I I got the job. You know, knew nothing about Dallas, went down there and after after 3 months in Dallas around the women down there I couldn't wait to get back, and I've been there ever since. Really? <laughs> wow!
2: That's home today. I, I wanted
4: to go back so badly that when when the summer ended, I, I went to Louisville, home, to get my suitcase and, and go back to Vanderbilt.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I'm, I'm on the flight from Louisville. That short flight from Louisville to Nashville, and they announced, "Welcome to American Airlines flight such and such, uh, service to Nashville with continuing service to Dallas." <laughs> just stay on the Blink. plane I did yeah. I did I went in the went in the bathroom real quick I combed my hair to the other side I took off my glasses sat in a different seat and acted like I was asleep oh god and they came out before the plane took off and I saw the flight attendants counting heads and stuff like that but back it wasn't as tight as it is today you know mm-hmm. and the plane took off and I went back to Dallas and I worked for another week to make enough money to buy a ticket back to Nashville. Oh, wow. And then when I got back here, Americans said, boy, you got here just in time. Cause you, we were about to send your bag on to central baggage in New York. Oh, God. I got back here. I had no place to live or anything. I'd missed all of that, but, uh,
2: mm. wow. Yeah. So you're playing in Dallas. Tell us about, uh, first the writing of grandma, how it got to where it was. And, um, you know how how, how it got f- found. You know, and um, you know, start with the writing first, and I, the idea you had, and everything. Yeah, I
4: my role in the band I was playing in was novelty songs. really. Okay. I um, that was not what I originally set out to do, but that's what I got a response with when I wrote the first song with punchlines in it. Uh-huh. People liked it, and they requested it, and other bands had me come sit in, so I wrote another one, and you know, two or three, and so one year. Christmas time's rolling around, and I was I was creating a background music tape for the restaurant where, where my band played, okay. uh, for them to run while the band was on break, and it was all Christmas music. And I got to thinking, you know, it's hard to come up with an hour and a half or three hours of Christmas music because everybody records the same songs. Yeah. The world what? could use more Christmas songs. Really? So that, that thought was lodged in my head, mm-hmm. and one of the albums that I had borrowed to, to use in my tape was a Merle Haggard album uh-huh. and he had this song called Grandma's Christmas Card and it wasn't a song really it was a recitation so it starts uh-huh. out with this sort of mournful fiddle mm-hmm. and Merle <laughs> says Grandma's homemade Christmas card long, <laughs> long ago and I, immediately I thought well, this is bringing the Christmas album down. We, long, long ago, we know Grandma's dead. <laughs> yeah. you know. So this is going to be one of those sad songs, you know.
2: And so you didn't kill grandf- Grandma first. <laughs> Merle, I mean, it's, Merle, it's killed fair, her Merle whacked her, Merle whacked her first. I actually re- resurrected her. That's
4: <laughs> right. So, so I, I got to thinking, because I was a fan of Merle Haggard's, but, yeah. but not of that song. I thought, how should this song go? And so I started... Got in bed with that night with my guitar, and I thought of other Merle Haggard songs to use as a template. And one thing you can definitely hear in Grandma there's a three chord turnaround mm-hmm. uh, before the each verse starts, and that three chord turnaround is is right out of if we make it through December. Yeah. Uh-huh. okay. But there's uh, but there were a couple other songs too that I that I tried to use the, the structure of to give me an idea, and um, I thought, okay, how would Grandma? die at Christmas time in my song and How are we going to kill her? Yeah. and then you know this, this visual of her getting hit by a sleigh so so it I, really I, is funny I mean yeah, yeah grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve what rhymes with Eve I believe okay so uh, that's the easiest just, chorus in the world and okay now I need a verse so I started thinking back on my earliest childhood memories of Christmas. Um, We would go over to my Aunt Carrie's house, all the extended family, and um, as soon as dinner was over, the women would go in the kitchen and do the dishes, and the men would go out. My grandfather and his brothers, Uncle Lewis and Uncle Henry, would go out in the living room in front of the black and white TV, and they'd turn on a football game, set up a card table, and they'd play pinochle, and they'd they'd (laughs) smoke cigars or... Whatever, you know, and they'd they'd open up their their Ertl's 92 or their Falls City beers. And (laughs) so as I'm picturing this, I'm thinking, okay, instead of Uncle Henry and Uncle Lewis, let's just distill them down and make them Cousin Mel. That's right, Cousin Mel. And my grandmother wore a wig that was a color not found in nature. (laughs) I I worked that in. And and I I have a, a distinct memory of one night when she was... Leaving the house, and her wig was askew, and she was she was tipsy. Uh-huh. And she liked her bourbon. And are you sure you're okay to drive home? You know, so so that all worked its way into the song. It's
2: actually actually my grandmother.
3: <laughs> and you know, one of his uncles was Foster Brooks.
2: You know, I read that. How about that? I loved Foster Brooks. <laughs> he was so funny. He was, yeah. He, he put the family on the map. Another <laughs> character to put yeah. into the song. Yeah. Randy Brooks is our guest with Mark Allen Barnett. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. So uh, you finished this song. Did you start playing it out right away? Um, yeah.
4: Yeah. Because I I wrote it around, I, I think it was November ish or something, you know, right at Christmas time. So uh-huh. I asked the band, what do you think of this? And they said, yeah, go ahead and play it. And it, it got a response in the clubs not not as good a response as some of the other songs that I had written but mm-hmm. then again it, all, it always takes a song a while to catch on it does yeah uh, but I, yeah but and then once Christmas was over there wasn't much point in singing it again although we were summer that summer we were on a USO tour we were in Italy and there were kids in the audience and we don't anything for kids I said well what if we sing Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer and I don't know I don't know why you'd want to sing that for kids <laughs> I'm just
2: trying to think. go okay kids we're gonna go grandma <laughs> <Yeah>. especially Italian, <laughs> Italian kids, <laughs> Italian kids. You know.
4: so I remember seeing it then but, but it, then it wasn't until the following holiday season when I was playing out in Lake Tahoe um, and my band had a three week gig that lasted from from Thanksgiving week up until the middle of December and then we were supposed to head home to Dallas and we loaded all our stuff in the van Mm -hmm. and the brakes had frozen and we couldn't leave so we had to go back and ask the hotel if we could check back in you know and get free rooms (laughs) and move all our equipment back inside and we said let's go down to the the lounge where we were playing and hear the band that followed us in
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Elmo and Patsy and, oh uh, really and, and we had heard <laughs> okay. oh, we had heard a lot of talk about them out there they were everybody would say you're our second favorite band that plays here <laughs> 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 but Elmo and Patsy are the greatest they were kind of a bluegrass Sonny and Cher act she would put him down you know uh-huh. but they were very talented they were funny and they had uh, they had two side men so it was a four piece group and we went in and sat down and somebody told them that my band Young Country was was in the audience and they, they invited us up on stage. They said, let's close out the set and we'll all get up and we'll just jam on bluegrass stuff, you know that we all know. Okay. So we did. We got up on stage and then somebody in the audience who was familiar with my band sent up a request for Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Uh-huh. and I wasn't gonna do it because I thought you know that's, that's not why we're up here. And they said, no, no, go ahead and do it. So I I sang it, and as soon as the set was over, at the side of the stage they said hey that song would fit perfectly with the type of show that we do we got it we've got a cassette recorder in the dressing room would you come record it and so i put it on cassette form i've got i've got a photograph from the dressing room of that that really of us sitting there yeah wow and i was so excited just to think that another band when i was not in town would sing a song and mention me as a writer i thought well that makes me Legit. You're a songwriter now, now, man. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. slightly legit. Yeah, (laughs) And I did not, no, I was totally surprised in February when all of a sudden a package comes in the mail and they've gone into some studio here in Nashville and they've recorded a version of it with a little band. And I didn't know they were going to record it. And they said, we're going to put this out on a a 45. You young folks out there, a 45, (laughs) this is vinyl... Circle that you used to put on a turntable Little and play music, big, big hole, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> absolutely. And um, we're going to sell it from our shows. They they had some albums that they sold from the stage at their shows. Mm. They played a lot in the casinos and they played a lot in uh, harvest festivals out on the west coast. Right. So here's this forty five they're going to sell from the stage, and now I got even more excited because my name was going to be on a record label under the title of a song, and yep. that was Brent super cool. Yeah. On the, on the oink label, my oink me, but, I, <laughs> but, but that's okay. <laughs> and and so they uh, they did, and somebody took one of those records into San Francisco, and gave it to Gene Nelson at KSFO, who had a huge listenership. He. He'd been on the air for a long time. In '66, he emceed the Beatles concert at Candlestick Park, their oh, last their last wow. concert. You oh, know, man, big time. So, yeah, he was a big deal. And he decided, out for a lark, you know, to put it on the air. And just as you were describing, he said he he played it one time, and the phone rang off the yeah. hook with people saying, "Don't ever play that record again." <laughs> but he said an equal number of people called in and said, "Hey, my husband." Was in the out in the yard, and he didn't get to hear yeah. it, would you play would it you again? Would you
2: play it again? Yeah. That's what we'd get. That's it. Yeah. But and, and the thing is, you got a reaction. Yeah. You know, people. Well, good. I mean, good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah. The, the lines would light up. You know, you no know. such thing as bad press. Huh? No. Yeah. No, absolutely not. So it started on the West Coast in San Francisco.
4: It did. And it might have never gone any further than that. But because of the people calling and arguing about it, you know. <laughs> And then Elmo and Patsy played at a, at a place out there and they got picketed by the Grey Panthers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I bet. You're kidding. No. Well <laughs> that just makes it bigger, right? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so the San
4: Francisco Chronicle writes a story that it's the it's the whole top of the fold in the entertainment section in the Chronicle wow. about this song and about the reaction and all of that. Well <laughs> the the wire services pick up the story. sure. Because at Christmas time, everybody's looking for human interest things and holiday theme. So UP, UPI and AP, AP. sent it all over yeah. the world. Um, I'm back out in Lake Tahoe. It's a year later. And in my hotel room, somebody called and said, quick, turn on Channel 4 from Sacramento. And the, they were doing a story on the 6 o'clock news about Grandma Got run over by a Reindeer. And when the story was over, I flipped over to a San Francisco station and they were doing a story. Oh, man. And I... It's blowing up. I picked up the phone and I called my parents and I started telling them I was so proud of myself. I hung up and I didn't remember until the next day that it was my dad's birthday. Oh, God. Oh. And it just broke my heart and it does oh. to this oh, day. Oh, I uh, bet. Yeah. Uh, a good lesson about not being so full of yourself. Yeah. 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 You were viral before viral was a thing. I guess, I, <laughs> you, were. guess and, you were. And you were. And the radio stations and I guess TV stations, too, they're running this story. They said, but we haven't heard the song. Mm -hmm. we need part of the song and so ABC fed the song down the line to their stations and little bits of it started getting played on the newscasts and people started saying how come we get this record well Elmo and Patsy were Oink records so they were sending them out (laughs) as much as they could yeah but uh, you know that was limited so the following year they they hired a distributor in this this area I think Southwest Sound Okay, Jimmy Payne was working for him, was helping to oh my God, distribute Payne. the record back
2: then. Jimmy Payne folks wrote, Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we're praying for him. He's, he's not it's doing too well these yeah. days, so it he's doing better by, better by now. But it yeah. could be worse. Could it could be worse. Could yeah, could be worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. he could have been hit by a reindeer. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah. Yeah, but
4: anyway. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but the other story about right after this happened was... Elmo and Patsy, the original version that was played that year, they went in and re-recorded it. Okay, the next year, um, I think for the for the first time they understood where some of the funny lines were that we were getting a good response and so they went in and they punched up the lines kind of shouted them out so you wouldn't miss the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they added a keyboard that wasn't on the original record, you know. Wow. And Send Them Back wasn't on the original and record. And Send Them Back. Yeah. People started doing that at their live shows and so they put it, they wound up putting that on a record. That's cool. So it's very rare these days to hear the original recording that came out.
2: Yeah, I'll bet. What would it take to have you play it for us? Randy Brooks style. Uh, let's see, $4,000. <laughs> can I write you a check? <laughs> in Monopoly, sure, Mike.
4: Sure. Uh, Venmo?
2: Venmo's good? Venmo's good. Oh, a <laughs> D'Angelico guitar. I love those. Most beautiful headstock. My, my, gorgeous guitar.
4: My good buddy in Dallas, Johnny Hooper, who plays guitar with me when I when I play in Dallas, he, one day it, I, I said, the top's coming off of my guitar, you know, where can I take it to get it fixed? A few days later, he comes by the house. He says, I got something to show you. And he opens up a case, and here's this D'Angelico guitar. And I said, wow, is that your new guitar? He says, no, it's your new guitar. Whoa. Said, wow. That's really <laughs> Whoa. Like, What kind of friend is that? He, that is a he, friend. He bought himself one, and he bought me one, too. So it, that's it's awesome. really nice. Mm. Um. Will this come through okay, you think? Yeah. yeah.
2: You're in it real well. Mm-hmm.
4: So it used to really... I, I didn't like... Oops. Excuse me while hey I <laughs> <laughs> I used to be uncomfortable playing the song myself because I would play it out and you know, people would say, Oh great, you wrote that, but then Oh, you don't sound anything like the record. And they, and they seemed disappointed. But I started coming to Nashville about fifteen years ago I guess, and guess some playing writers' things and and learned that telling the song behind. Telling the story behind the song. Oh yeah, you know. Then people dig that. Yeah, then people were really interested in hearing the writer sing it, mm-hmm. which I understand. Yeah. So, so now I don't feel so bad about it anymore. Still, one
2: of my favorite things in Nashville to hear the writer who no, wrote the, the song sorry. do oh, the gosh. song the way they meant it to be interpreted. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. So the yeah. only people who don't like that is the other writers in the round that you're taking up time that <laughs> they
3: they could be singing it. They're proud to be up there too. Yeah, yes, yeah. they are. So yep. I,
4: don't, I don't sound like Elmo, and I don't, uh, unfortunately, don't sound like Merle either. It's just, it's just me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. But as for me and Grandpa, we believe. She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication So she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning That was a Merle Haggard lick too yeah. <laughs> At the scene of the attack She had her prints on her forehead and incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no
3: such thing as Santa but As for me and Grandpa we believe
4: Now we're all so proud of Grandpa He's been taking this so well See him in there watching football Drinking beer and playing card with Uncle Lewis and Uncle Henry <laughs> da, 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 da. It's not Christmas without Grandma All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder Should we open up her gifts or send them back? Send them back! Thank you. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now the goose is on the table And a pudding made of fig And a blue and silver candle That would just have matched the hair in Grandma's wig I've warned all my friends and neighbors Better watch out for yourselves They should never give license To a man who drives a sleigh and plays with elves
3: Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa
2: As for me and Grandpa we believe
4: Everybody
3: now Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa but as for me and Grandpa we believe you can say there's no such thing as Santa. But as for me and Grandpa we believe Happy
2: Flag Day everyone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here it okay, folks. He's our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. But he's written a lot of other stuff, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Don't go away.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply
1: see site for details you're listening to the songwriter connection connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories now back to the show with your host dave linehan
2: we're back with Randy Brooks, who wrote Grandma, I got ran over by a ranger, and, and Mark Allen Barnett is with us. Before we go further, Mark, um, how about a brief commercial? Let's talk about Mark Allen Tours. It was Absolutely. really cool because last week, as we were recording this, we had a gentleman visit the area from uh, South, South Africa. South Africa, yeah. Uh, John um, uh, Casey. Casey. That's right. He took your tour. He did. Because he heard he about did. it on, on the yeah, podcast.
3: That's right. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about your tour, what you do. Well what I do I call it a tour because it's through the past the present and the future of the writer or the participant there are different people different ages Mark Monroe has been over here yes. with for Brianna Faith the artist yes. you know? and and basically I try to listen to as much of their songs as I can with with uh, Jean he had written probably 25 songs. We went through about 12. And with most writers, we kind of fall into a pattern. We kind of write the same song over so and, and with somebody from another country, a lot of times, they may be saying something that does not translate. They use different phrases, different terminology. So mm-hmm. try to go through to help them get a, symbol, a, a handle on where they are in the overall scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Then I explain things. People that come into Nashville, there's no real instruction book of how to do. Nashville there's no uh, where do you go you know he had gotten a lot from and you're you're Podcast is just amazing because it helps people kind of get a game plan. All right, I'm coming because we are now. I, I always, I was talk about this in relation to golf. It's like we're all golfers. We're millions of people, millions, yeah. by millions, upon millions of people trying to figure out how to learn this game, how to get it playing against themselves. You know, spending oh, yeah. billions of dollars, and people do that with songwriting. They come into Nashville. They want to go to the Bluebird. They want to go to the Grand Ole Opry. And then people that want to play, how do you? Get on this. And there are so many people that come to town, 600 people a week that move here or make regular trips. That's offset by about 1,500 to 2,500 that have been here six months to to two years. And and so it gets very, very frustrating. There's no starting place. Mm -hmm. So then uh, I also will write something with them, depending upon the things that they've already done. And we wrote a song. We wrote a really, really cool song called uh, "Why Didn't Somebody Tell Me I Was in the Good Old Days?" And so we all good go. I heard this. him yeah. sing that. Yeah, and and actually. Mm-hmm. We're living the good old days. Well, that was the point, and it's how do you make the moral on that story and bring it back around. And we did, and he just had, it was such a good guy, and he, he just absorbed it, and he went back on some songs, made some notation, making some changes on each one. He came out to uh, the different things we were doing, came to 12 Keys. You yeah. put him on some shows, and he has just left his his mental... Capacity for what he was doing before he got here. So it's expanded about five to six years. Mm. And and so that's it. I, I try to take people in, show them where all this stuff is, and then. Kind of turn them loose and, and help them get to the next level. And that's exactly. that's what it's about. Yeah, that is really and I appreciate that from you, yeah. man. And I remember
2: you uh you said to him, Is there anybody you'd like to meet? That's right. <laughs> and so yeah. I says, well, That's right.
3: I'd like to meet Danny Wells. That's Guy right. I wrote
2: Check Yes or No. <laughs>
3: Danny Wells is a good friend of mine. So Danny had a lunch with us and told him it was very interesting how Danny was doing. Danny had a bunch of lyrics on his on his phone, and he started showing him and then uh, there were some hit songs and then some not hit songs. And just showing John the details. One of the things that we use in in our songwriting are the details that people go, oh, my God, that's my life. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my God, that's my life. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And Danny yeah. had a couple of things. And then he looked at the menu, the barbecue menu, and he started describing the the thing into a song form. As if we were writing a song, and it was just all the little different how you say a phrase and the things you do. Then, and as John, I, I, I can show you some different things. But when you hear a number one writer, how he approaches subject matter, mm-hmm. it just takes you into a completely different thing. First of all, it makes you feel like what the hell am I even doing, you know? But but yeah. Sean took it really well, and Danny was great. And awesome. and so uh, I have seen him. There's the other thing. I, and I saw him after we got together because he played for a, a couple of weeks, did some different things. The difference in seeing him before he got there and the difference afterwards, and one of the things was enunciation. Yeah. I it's so true. When you have a different, well, you're going to say the even and you know, see what he's saying, you know? say. Right, yeah. And so he went from there was a word that he had, which was the word bike, and he was saying it back. And so you couldn't understand it. Well, it was the first line of the song is that you got, we're riding our bikes till the full moon up ahead, uh, up, uh, up above. And when I heard him, Afterwards, and I was there with you, where everybody understood every word, and he got yeah. you know a huge applause. And then that brought people like Greg Matthews and other people wanting to write with it because mm-hmm. they could understand what he was saying, and it was sure. the song turned out real well, really good. And, yeah. and so that's kind of the point: how do you make all of these little details work in your favor? So yeah, I was See, pretty. You're proud talking about of it. performance too, and that's and that's really that's good. right. Yeah, yeah, it's that's performance, awesome. it's networking, it's business, understanding the business. We're in a real world. I mean, we we've been talking about this about how many people. Are doing this now, mm-hmm. and we, we, uh, Randy, and I we're talking about your podcast and about how you know the world of podcast now. There are so many. How do yeah. you make your stand out? How mm-hmm. do you relate to your audience? And there are audiences for everything. Now. Yes it's true you know mm-hmm. and, and so I just I'm real proud of you and, and well, thanks uh, and that's the, what we're
2: here for Been so. having fun with this and yeah. uh, it just blows me away the
3: response that we're getting really so cool. to find out more about the tours it's markallenbarnett.com dot com m-a-r-c-a-l-a-n-b-a-r-n-e-t-t-e dot com and true. anybody can just put my name Mark Barnett usually YouTube videos me. Me. there's a ton of stuff except for the though. banjo guy the banjo guy there is a Mark Barnett banjo guy <coughs> which my Allen. mother got his CD with him on the cover Thinking it was my CD. <laughs> I didn't know you do bluegrass. I don't. You brought the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't even get the family discount. That's it. No, that's
2: yeah. it. That's it. Oh, gosh. So, when did you first meet Randy Brooks?
3: Uh, we're about six, seven years ago now. Yeah. At, the, at the Frank Brown. At the Frank Brown. Ground, it it been, was t- it Frank Brown? It no, yeah.
2: might have been
4: 2015. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, uh, and you see, this is a funny reaction that he always gets by experienced hit writers uh-huh. and they'll come up and they'll want to have their picture taken with him because they yeah. all go, I didn't really think somebody wrote that song, you know, and, and he's a celebrity among oh, celebrity yeah. writers. It's kind of interesting. It's so true. Yeah.
4: I remember you were in the lobby, of the floor of Bama. It was, I was getting ready to leave. I stopped by to pick up my check and... You were there with a whole bunch of women dressed in elf costumes. <laughs> yeah, you, in, in September. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, how we got a license, license? <laughs> and we started playing shows. And his brother Ronnie was Ronnie was a great guitar. He's a great guitar player, and he was also the Wise in the Budweiser Frogs ad. Budweiser, and he yeah. was wise and so uh we it, it, Scott Southworth and and Randy and Ronnie and I do shows right around uh, December, he'll come into town, and we. It, well, last year we did one over here at Twelve Keys. We did the we did one Christmas in August, Christmas in August. August. Yeah, and yeah, that was and, uh, and then good we we all kind of play on each other's stuff. We sing together, and it's it's kind of like a band. Yeah. And and so it really has a, a real cool thing. We did the Bluebird uh, this last year. We've done it uh, about three years. We're doing
4: over. a uh, we're doing a Christmas in July at the comedy. That's right. Yeah. Oh, are you
3: yeah. good,
2: good. I
4: can't miss that. Oh yeah, August man, for sure. No, I would just like to say. Now that I know, I did not realize that from being on this podcast, that that had generated business for Mark mm-hmm. after after plugging his business. Oh, I'd yeah. just like to mention that I have a gigolo
2: service.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's probably for, going to be a song, in not it? For, <laughs> for uh, elderly ladies you're, you're yeah. and the yeah.
2: 90-year-old. Uh, the blue All hairs. the details are at randybrooksmusic.com.
3: <laughs> God.
2: It's just a Google search away.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, Randy, uh, how do you follow up Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Now you've got this monster hit that's a hit every year. <clears throat> Where do you go from there? Apparently, nowhere. <laughs> oh,
4: come on. You've written lots of songs oh, since man. then. Yeah, oh, I have. I, I, you know, the first thing, of course, was once it started getting played on the radio...
2: Uh-huh.
4: Um, Somebody said, "Well, you need to sign with a performing rights organization." Yeah, and you need a publisher. Oh, by the way, I know a publisher. My dad's a publisher. <laughs> oh <So, laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, which I was thrilled because I'd been not turned, your dad. No, 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 no yeah, 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 somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had been turned down by publishers, and I thought, well, you had to have a publisher, so I was really excited. I I had no idea at that time you could be a publisher, um, so I just signed with uh, with um, Patsy's dad had a publishing company out of Fayetteville, Tennessee and they were with CSAC so I signed with CSAC and I came up here and uh, Diane Petty, wonderful woman who was the, the head of CSAC in Nashville at the time had been with I think Warners before that and she said you know now doors will open to you as a result of this or can open to you she said but you need to be up here and I'll set you up with these different people to, to co-write with and stuff like that. Well, I had no money to move to Nashville. Mm. I I was living from hand to mouth, basically, mm. and I was not one to live out of the back of the car. Also...
2: We didn't have Zoom either. You couldn't Zoom right. back and forth. No, no, no. Oh,
4: yeah. And friends, I had friends that I played music with. I, I had ex-girlfriends that I hoped might become... Reacquainted with and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I just can't see me moving and and yeah. that that I guess you could say was a turning point too, or or not a turning point because I I gave up that opportunity, went back home, and I I didn't really work real hard at writing. I was so excited by following what was going on with this song, mm-hmm. um, but probably the next the next thing that I recall happening was after a couple of years, I got a phone call one day and it was Elmo and Patsy. Yeah. And they said, this single is doing so well. They still didn't have a label. They were still with an independent distributor, you know, but they said, we're going to do an album with Grandma's A Title Cut. Wow. And do you have any other Christmas songs Ah. that you'd like us to listen to? And I was like, no, but can I call you back in 20 minutes?
3: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get right on it.
4: Yeah. 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 There was a, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, the first one, I was so lucky with that. How am I going to miss a chance to have another song recorded? So I ran out and sat down at the piano, which I say is always interesting because I don't play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I started, you know, beating my head against the wall going, what hasn't been written about already at Christmas time? And it, Christmas trees, poinsettas, Santa Claus, you know, and I thought poinsettia is the only thing poinsettia. that I could think of. And so I also thought, this song is getting played for children. And, and mm. I was embarrassed about that. Yeah, Because I wrote it to sing in bars. And <laughs> the, the line, you can say there's no such thing as Santa. I, I didn't want kids to hear that. Well, yeah. now they sing it all the time. and yeah. It's no yeah. big deal. So I thought I'd like to write a song that apologizes for that. That's more of a kid-oriented song. Mm. So I, I wrote Percy the Puny Poinsettia. <laughs> and I had Literation. I really had Charles Schultz in the yeah. uh, Peanuts kind of thing you know a yeah. little story about a, a poor poinsettia that nobody wanted to buy and then got bought on Christmas Eve and taken home well, that's wonderful and, and they I I sent it off to them made a little tape sent it off to them thought well they're going to laugh this one you know right out of their house well they recorded it <laughs> they put it on the album in the second position right after Grandma wow and the flip side of the flip side of their independent record was a song Patsy had written. Well, when when Epic Records picked the thing up, I knew the single was coming out, and I went to the record store in Dallas, you know, hoping to find find it. Mm-hmm. And here it was. They had a rack of of Grandma right there by the cash register, so that everybody could find it. It had a picture sleeve on it, you know. Oh, big point deal. of sale item. Well, wow, that's yeah. great. Grandma got run over by the reindeer, and on the back, it's and on the bottom, it's, it said, "Backed with Percy the Puny Point Setter." I mean, it was the flip side, the A side, side and B side. Yeah. Wow! So, uh, you know, I always say it's my million seller. Nobody knows about because the uh, the single sold a million, the album sold a million, and, and that that's all. That's what I was going to like,
2: ask. If there's any uh, data on how many copies of that
4: were sold uh, over the years, uh, you know, I've seen. Almost say eleven million. I Uh. I don't know because first there was the original Mm -hmm. their version of it, and then it got put on so many compilations. compilations. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Over the over the years, I got I've got a gold record on the wall for six million sales of. Now that's what I call Christmas. So that alone, you know, was a biggie. Wow. My wife, by the way, is a native Spanish speaker. English was not her first language, so she would. She would always get excited when we get the news. She would start telling her friends, um, "Grandma has been put on another copulation
3: album this year."
4: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <Copulation album>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and there's an animated special on it. <laughs> oh yeah, Yeah, there's an animated special oh, on grandma. it. Grandma, right? Yeah. So yeah. did
2: they do it in different languages too? Is it but out there in a lot of different?
3: Uh, the, 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 the song, song?
2: yeah.
4: Uh, I. It came out early on in Finnish. <laughs> And I I got a copy of that single. Um, I know it's been translated into Spanish. I don't know whether it's been actually released or not. It's been translated into Luxembourgish. There was a version down in the Caribbean a long time ago. I don't know whether that was in... Englishman, his grandma got run
2: over by a reindeer.
4: Steel drums,
3: <laughs> steel drums. <laughs> 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 I was just thinking, are we, are we talking, we're gonna yeah. he's going to go re-record it for himself, and I was thinking, boy, that would be one of those songs. Have you seen the the rock bands that now have done symphonic? Versions like AC ACDC yeah. with an orchestra. Yeah. That, that'd, that'd be an interesting, interesting, you know, 40 piece orchestra playing uh, Grandma Got Run. Ranheim Steamroller. There you <laughs> go. <laughs>
2: Ranheim Steamroller. Very good.
4: That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I also. Um, there was the a, name of the episode, yeah. right
2: there, random I love it. <laughs> so,
4: so there was a, a newspaper article. I, I get God. I get these Google alerts when Grandma's mentioned in the press. You know, right? And uh, you do. And, wow, you that's good. So yeah. last last holiday season, there was some woman at some festival up north that was that was singing it half in German and half in English, and she said she got the idea from a German version. She heard. I didn't know there was a German version, so I went online and looked. And there was, a, was an a cappella group, I don't know, like Home Free here or, mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that, you know, yeah. and all in German and a wonderful yeah, version of it, really upbeat and clever and choreography.
2: Oh, wow, wow.
4: Home Free, the, the country a cappella band, uh, did a really nice version of it on, a, on an album of theirs. And I finally got to go see them in December for the first time. Wow. And they gave us did it? VIP no, take yeah. the tickets and seats and stuff like that, and introduce me from the audience. But they they do a great job. I've never understood why anybody would want to cover this song once you've heard the punchline. Um, and a lot of people have covered it, and it comes out sounding just like the cover version.
3: Tell them about the school that did the the play that you went to. We were in Georgia. You remember? Yeah, and I I,
4: I remember it's. If it's Columbus, Georgia, or there's a Cleveland, Georgia, because I almost went to Ohio by mistake, ah. and I found out at the last minute is in Georgia. But we 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 got one of these Google alerts from a newspaper, down in Georgia, saying that there was a school that was going to do a play every year. The drama department put on an original play that the students had written, and this year the, the story was going to be based on Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And the unique thing about this is, they would write a part in the play, a small part, you know, cameo or whatever, but and have every child who was developmentally challenged in the school as part of the play. Wow! And some of them were pretty severely challenged, and some of them weren't that much, or some somebody would just be in a wheelchair, you know, maybe. Um, but a lot of these kids were severely challenged, mm. and they were marginalized and so for the parents to get to see them on stage getting applauded just for one line one one kid he had to try so hard to get the words out Mm -hmm. he spoke his one line and he got all this applause and it means so much to the parents and when we read about this my wife said let's go oh man and so we hopped on a flight to Atlanta and drove an hour north or something like that and I called them and I Said you know, would somebody? We're not associated with a school, but do we come and they said, oh yeah, and they had seats with our names on them in the front row, oh, and wow. they had me come up on stage and, and what a thrill! Uh, I got to meet all the kids and stuff, and that was mm. that was another one of those things that's uh, that's very humbling. You know,
3: well, now he has it. another story that is—he's got a million stories. I love them And sorry if I take you—that's no, no, what I'm glad you're... Oh, Is this the years... one about the, the nymphomaniac and the chocolate cookies? one. Not that, one. Not not that one. One. <laughs> not... <laughs> No, decades before, decades before, he was an actor. He was in *The Music Man* by Meredith Wilson, and Meredith Wilson visited their cast. Oh, uh, the the play, the musical, *The Music Man*. Came to, came to see the show, yeah. And
4: at the uh, at the after party he played the piano for us and he visited with us he was just nice as could be wow and I went up to him and my big conversation topic was when the Beatles recorded Till There Was You what impact did that have on your royalties <laughs> well, now I know you don't ask anybody yeah, about, about his royalties money. <laughs> he quickly found someone else to talk to <laughs> but, shot it through the roof but, but, I, but I really was curious because here's a guy that you know Huge yeah. hit musical that's produced all the time. Big hit movie con- uh, soundtrack albums, and and the song was a hit. Aside from that, but what impact does a group like the Beatles recording your song have to do? You know? And did it on the Ed Sullivan Show, didn't they?
3: Didn't they do it on? Yeah, the, they did. Yeah, yeah. On the At first broadcast
4: yeah. yeah. wow. I've wondered about uh, Buzz Casen here in town that uh, co-wrote a song called "Soldier of Love." So, and the Beatles sang that on the BBC. And years after they broke up, those those tapes were released as a CD. You mm-hmm. know, Beatles Live at the BBC. Yeah. And I just wonder if he woke up one morning with a truck pulling up outside the house with you yeah. know buckets of money.
2: I will tell you, the first celebrity interview I ever did, I, I'll never forget. This was my twenty second birthday, and Tom T. Hall was playing our county fair, and they sent me with a recorder, and he was just a great. But put me around the bus, he goes, "Oh, it's your birthday." Hey, make him a 7-7. Seven seven. And we just sat there on his bus and got loaded. But he I remember him telling me the impact uh, that Harper Valley PTA had on his career. Mm-hmm. He said, once they made it into the movie... Oh he wow! Said, I didn't have to work a day in my life. Right. Uh, that's right. it, you know. And I always thought, oh, songwriting is cool. I want to do a songwriting.
3: Reminds me of a question somebody said uh, when back when Don McLean came out with American Pie and they were they were interviewing him. You know, I said, "What? Okay, what does American Pie mean?" He says, "It means I never have to work a day <laughs> in my life." <laughs> so there, you know, it's funny. Here we are talking about
2: iconic songs, yeah. and we're in the room with a guy well, that's who that's exactly a, right. You know. Uh, Oh heck yeah. <laughs> I, I have, have to whack him, him around telling you. <laughs> you got to. But I mean really. Those there's a song right there that is stand stand to the test of time. That's right. And it's still coming. It's still impacting people today. It's still funny every time I hear. Every it. Every time? Every time. And
4: truly, I did not know
2: what my life would be like today mm. had I not written
4: that song. Wow. I mean, I I had no marketable skills. I I had already written grandma and it just hadn't started paying off a whole lot yet. And a, a couple of years later, I was dating a girl and she had kids. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to need to get a steady job, you know, if I want to go further. So yeah. I took a job, a crummy job with American Airlines mm. um, for an hourly wage. But I got insurance and benefits and flight benefits. And yeah, 30 years later, I decided to retire from it. I, <laughs> it, it was supposed to be only until I decided what I wanted to do with my life. But I never... Never did anything, um, so that was my day job, and it enabled me to fly around and play different places if I wanted so to. Here. You know. Is isn't
2: that's fantastic.
4: Well wow. yeah. what a so story! It was a good. good deal, but but really, otherwise, I would have I would have probably been an hourly worker, and I'd probably be mm. dead up to my nose, you know, because I would have never been able to really make ends meet. Well. My dad was a uh, was a jeweler. I didn't want to take over the jewelry business. Really, coming out of college the thing that I was thinking about the most was disc jockey because yeah. I love the campus station. I thought that'd be fun. Got a
2: tremendous voice too. Even
4: though I'd have to move to, you know, to probably small town Texas or something to get started in a small market. Um, but then as I moved to Dallas, I started networking with, with musicians and found out, oh, you can actually make a living doing this. Not a Not a great living, but you can make a okay. living and you can get to go to ski areas in the winter to play and... You know, and the beach in the summer or whatever.
2: Oh, and yeah, baby.
4: It was pretty cool, until, pretty cool until I got a little older. And my dad, just before he passed away, was in the hospital. And I, I went to visit him, and the minister was in there with him. And he introduced me to the minister. He said, This is my oldest son, Randy. He says, We're so proud of him. He's 34 years old, and he just got his first job.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Now, I
2: know you've written uh, for other holidays, right? Not just Christmas, right? Don't you have a Halloween song that you could play for us to take us off? Something like that? Well, sure.
4: Yeah. If that's what you want at this time of year. (laughs) It's
2: It's not not just Christmas, folks. It's Randheim Steamroller. (laughs) That's
4: right. Oh, my gosh. And the new CD, if, if, I, ever, if Can, I ever get it finished, is going to be Ranthology. Ranthology. Yeah, I like that, too. Oh,
2: Beautiful. <laughs>
4: you don't have to do that. Whatever, whatever you no, feel no, like but doing. That, that's fine. It, it's a, uh, it, it actually is a Christmas song. Really? I, um, the story behind this one is uh, it was five days after Halloween, I think. And in, in Dallas, that means it's still in the mid-'80s. And I was out in the front yard cleaning the candy wrappers off the the lawn that were still left over from Halloween so that I could cut the grass and shorts, you know, and flip-flops or whatever. And when I walked back in the house, my wife had the radio on, and I heard Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. It's November 5th. So I thought, oh, this is some sort of joke or promotion the disc jockey's doing. And listen, there was no disc jockey. Another Christmas song came on. And they had already started the all-Christmas, all-the-time station. November 5th, wow. And that just got under my skin, and, and it stayed under my skin all the way up till the day before Thanksgiving, and I, we were at the, the big mall in Dallas. Well, there's lots of big malls in Dallas, but the, <laughs> the ritzy one. And everything was so decorated for Christmas, and I'm still ticked off, and I walked around the corner, and Nordstrom was not decorated for Christmas. They had their windows covered with butcher paper and and the art department had drawn a horn of plenty and a turkey and, you know... There you go. A framed sign by the door that said, our store will be decorated for Christmas on Friday, November 27th. We believe in celebrating one holiday at a time. I love it.
3: That's great. I did too.
4: And I went home and I sat down immediately, like Tom T. Hall would have done. I sat down at the desk and I wrote, (laughs) It's Halloween, a Christmas song. (laughs) 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 So that's this, right? The jack-o'-lantern is almost dead The trick-or-treaters are all in bed I'm weary too, but duty calls Let's nog the eggs and deck the halls When midnight comes on Halloween We'll change the orange to red and green We've heard enough Of Monster Mash Bring on those deer That dance and dash It's Halloween Let's hang the lights Chop down a tree Play Silent Night It's Halloween No time to waste Christmas will be here In 55 days Oh yeah As soon as all The ghouls have gone We'll place the manger On the lawn Where shall we put The wise men three Next to that werewolf Against the tree There used to be Another holiday Late in the fall Thanksgiving day No one remembers What that was Perhaps the birthday of Santa Claus. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Let's hang the lights. Hang the lights. Chop, down tree. Chop down the tree. Play Silent Night. Play
3: Silent Night. It's,
4: Halloween. it's Halloween. No time to waste. No time to waste. Christmas will be. be here in 55 days. Now on December 25th, we'll wake up early. We'll open gifts. And when we're done, about half past nine, we'll all start writing valentines. Our one complaint, we Christmas geeks, is that it only lasts eight weeks. When next year comes, we think we may start decorating on Labor Day. It's Halloween. it's Halloween, let's hang the lights. Let's hang the the lights. lights. Chop down a tree, Chop down the the tree. play Silent Night. Play Silent Silent Night. Night. It's Halloween, it's Halloween. Halloween. No, time to wait. no time to wait. Christmas will be here in 55 days. It's Halloween, it's Halloween. Halloween. Let's hang the lights, lights. Chop down, down a tree Play Silent Night, Play Silent Night. It's, Halloween. it's Halloween No time to waste no Christmas will be here In 55, 55 days
1: Christmas will
4: be here In 55 days Come Igor Time to hang the stocking
2: Yes master <laughs> Fantastic. Randy Brooks, our guest. I'm going to get started right after the Fourth of July This, There year. you go. <laughs> That's me about right. <laughs> about right. Randy Brooks has been our guest, Mark Allen Barnett, too. Good to always have you here. Thank you so uh, much. I, we're looking forward to joining you again real soon. Every Wednesday we publish... Find us on YouTube, like us, and describe as uh, subscribe, describe, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Hit that check button, whatever. And thank you very much for spreading the word about Songwriter Connection Podcast. Great. Thank, thank you, you so much. So good to talk to you. Great pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections Radio Show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection. Save
0: big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon.